0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's program. You are tuned in to Calvary Live, and I'm your host, Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. So glad to be back with you. I've been gone for a couple weeks. I was away with my family for a little bit of time uh, as we took a trip to New York City. And that was a very special time with my family, having four children that are adults. It's hard to get away altogether at times, so that was special. And and so, but uh, we had a great time. We're back. It's it's good to be back with the church. It's good to be back with you here on Calvary Live. Such a blessing to be a part of your lives as you're tuned in to Calvary Live. As most of you know, that Calvary Live is the program where you get to call in and ask questions and uh, give prayer requests so i'm here ready to take your questions and take your prayer requests as you just heard the number is 303-690-3000 to be on the air and i know it's the end of the week uh, the work week i would encourage you grab one of those open lines let's talk about jesus let's talk about the things of the lord let's go to the word of god for clarity and understanding and this really is your show the listener and so perhaps you've been wanting to call in for some time this is a great opportunity grab one of those open lines at 303-690-3000 and there is another means for you to be able to ask a question or to be able to give a prayer request and that's through a dedicated text line and that number is 720-336-0897 and i would encourage you put those numbers in your contacts on your phone uh, and uh, you'll have those, and you'll be able to text. Be sure that you're safe as you text, and uh, be able to call to be on the program of Calvary Live, which is Monday through Friday. I get the privilege of hosting Fridays and on Tuesdays, and then other pastors that host during the week. And so, uh, welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado. And up in the southern Wyoming, I want to welcome all those on the East Coast listening on Truth and Hope FM. As you uh, call in, you are a week behind on the program uh, that airs. And so you can call at that number, 303-690-3000. And you can uh, have the conversation, uh, ask the question, and then listen to it next week. So I want to welcome all the online listeners as well from all over the country that are listening in and even different parts of the world. Welcome, welcome to today's program of Calvary Live. So, hey, let's talk about the things of the Lord. Grab one of those open lines, text me a question or a prayer request, and uh, the hour goes by fast, and we want to go ahead and, and go to the phone lines. Let's go to Ron in Baltimore. Ron?
3: Yes, good evening.
0: Wel- welcome to today's program.
3: Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for taking the call. Absolutely. So, I, and I will preface this, I have um, seen some videos produced by the Ambassadors of Christ Network that have raised some questions in my mind. So I'm, I'm looking for uh, some thoughts on these questions, if if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. So the first question is, the two witnesses identified in Revelation 11.3 And eleven four is described as uh, the two olive trees and the two lampstands. And so my question is, could that be two groups of people instead of two individuals? And and here's why I'm posing the question, Uh, because Jeremiah eleven sixteen through seventeen describes the nation of Israel as a green olive tree, and and Romans eleven thirteen through twenty four describes the Gentiles as being, believing Gentiles, as being their own wild olive tree that has been grafted into the good olive tree, and that believing Jews are re-grafted into their own olive tree. So it it could be uh, interpreted that the two olive trees are believing Jews and Gentiles. The two lampstands, um, if you would look at that, uh, they're described as churches in Revelation. Um, and of the seven churches, only two were found to be blameless, Smyrna and Philadelphia. So, and that's right. really a body of believers, not necessarily actual churches, although I guess they apply to the churches of the day, but they also apply to believers in general. Um, and so my question really is, could these believing Jews and Gentiles be the two witnesses that are empowered by the Holy Spirit to perform their ministry for three and a half years?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting take on that because I never heard that of two groups of people we usually and you know when I've looked at this I don't think particularly that it speaks of gentiles, I'll tell you why. Because we know that the two olive trees are spoken of in Zechariah chapter 4 first of all and um and so uh we see that um in uh, that message to Zerubbabel about building the temple and i asked him who are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and at the left and he says that these are the two olive branches that drip into the receptacles. that is the menorah and um, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the lord of the whole earth um so we got an old testament reference but as i read chapter 11 verses three and four i'll give and i'm going to read it uh ron uh, just for the sake of the listeners That I will give power to my two witnesses." They're they're there in Jerusalem. It's the middle of the tribulation period. Uh, John was told to measure the temple. They will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. That is an Old Testament term, uh, clothed in sackcloth. Like you said, Ron, they're ministering in the first three and a half years. These are the two olive trees, the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth, a reference to Zechariah 4. And then it says, if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth, devours their enemies, and if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have the power to shut heaven so that no rain falls on the days of their prophecy. They have the power of waters to turn them to blood and strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. To me, that's Old Testament um, terminology. It, to me, it speaks of uh, Elijah who called down fire from heaven. Uh, To me, it speaks of Moses. I know there's different debates of who these two individuals are. Um, I think it's perhaps Moses, because um, we see with Moses, he's the one that turned water into blood. So it speaks of their ministry. I think that the challenges in thinking that it's two groups of people, Ron, is that they're going to be killed. Uh, When they finish their testimony, um, they're going to be killed by the beast who sends out of the bottomless pit. Their dead bodies will lie in the streets of the great city um, there in Jerusalem. And then after three and a half days, they're going to resurrect. So I don't think that it speaks of two groups of people that are going to get killed. We do know that tribulation saints are going to be persecuted. We do know that the Jews are going to be persecuted. But this seems to be an event that happens after the first three and a half years, that the Antichrist there is the temple standing in its place, is going to destroy these two individuals that then are going to resurrect before the whole world, so I, I think that that's w- the way I look at it, and that's the way that um, to to me is uh, the interpretation that I've always kind of considered. So,
3: and, and, what do you and think? I would uh, agree with you because that's how I felt for a while until. I, I fully um, researched this more, and it, it, it does appear that it, these passages can be interpreted to be two groups of people um, who, who are overcome by the Antichrist and whose bodies are left unburied for three and a half days, um, which also could be, through prophetic parallel, three and a half years, um, at which point they are resurrected, and, and at that resurrection, Um, Christ returns shortly thereafter, so that could be the rapture that um, is spoken of uh, in Matthew. So I I guess I was just trying to get some thoughts on whether or not there could be two groups of people. Yes, I do believe that there are prophetic parallels that talk about prophets, uh, but it also talks about... um, Uh, you know, fire coming from the mouth, which could be the word of God, and they could be speaking that death unto all those people. Anyway, I I, I wanted to pose those questions because I think there's a very good argument for the interpretation that they are two groups of people, and therefore that these believing Jews and Gentiles, which we are among them, uh, if the last days were to come upon us at this time, would be part of that group overpowered by the Holy Spirit. That's kind of exciting to look forward to.
0: Well, and that's you know kind of the interpretation. what I believe, and I know there's different views of the rapture, I believe that the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation period, and you got to remember that this is the halfway part of the tribulation period. There's still 13, uh, 1,260 days afterwards, uh, three and a half years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, so you know, if two groups of people that are being persecuted. It seems to me, when I put the whole of Scripture together, that the Jews are not going to be persecuted until after this event, when the Antichrist goes into the rebuilt temple, proclaims himself as God to be, to be worshipped as God. So I think there's a little bit of seeing them as two groups of people being killed right now um, is is a little bit of a stretch, but. It's it's you know something interesting to um, to keep studying. That's what I commend you on. Just keep studying, keep looking at it, and 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 it's fascinating to think about these two witnesses.
3: Absolutely, thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Ron. Appreciate your call. Appreciate your question. So keep studying.
3: Absolutely, I will.
0: God bless you. Have a great weekend. All right. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line. We've gone right to the phone lines. You know good questions and um, you know it's so a different take on some things that's worth talking about and looking at and considering I never considered that with the two witnesses of, of Revelation chapter 11 but it seems to me to be two individuals that they're there chapters 11 12 and 13 are very significant things that are taking place in the middle of the tribulation period and one of them is that the Antichrist when he goes into that rebuilt temple and it's interesting that John says, don't measure the outside of the temple because it's been given to the Gentiles. And it could be a reference, perhaps, to a couple different things. Uh, The Antichrist setting up his headquarters. Daniel 11 seems to indicate in Jerusalem. Uh, It could be the Dome of the Rock. We don't know for sure. Uh, But these two witnesses have a powerful ministry. And the other thing to think about, there are some people that say, well, in the first three and a half years, it's going to be kind of like utopia. Um, there's, you know, it's going to be great and wonderful. Well, no, not uh, if you look at the Book of Revelation as you follow it chronologically. Um, you know, after the seal judgments, and then you get to um, Re- Revelation chapter eleven at the end, the, the seventh trumpet. Uh, there's a lot of wrath that has come down. Plus, uh, these are ones that uh, two witnesses that have tormented those. Who dwell on the earth in the first three and a half years so sounds like no picnic to me so you know important that we consider those things And and uh, I just appreciate people that are looking at the return of the Lord studying these things Um, I think it's wonderful so I appreciate Ron's question and his um, studying the scriptures in that way and uh, keep studying Ron Um, let's go to hey 303 690 3000 is the number to call and when somebody hangs up, there's an open line. As I said, the text line is 720 You are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. So good to be back with you. But we do want to go to Marie and Greeley. Hi, Hi Marie. There. How are you? Good. How are you doing?
4: Good. I just had a question. Um, so, you know, growing up, my mom would always talk about generational curses. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but how... You are. Things our grandfathers de- did kind of somewhat affect us, you know, mm-hmm. to up to three generations, or you can even go four. I just wanted to know what was your um, take on that? Because I know that
5: yeah, go ahead.
4: There's sins that you know, like my let's say my father battled with. It's a prop. Uh, it's likely that someone, some of his children, is going to experience the same battle. I don't, I just, I don't know. What do you think about that? What's your take?
0: Well, I think that sometimes the way it gets taught is um, kind of like because your father or grandfather or great-grandfather was this way that now, you know, if your father, grandfather, great-grandfather, grandmother, you know, great-grandmother, if if she was abusive, then you're going to be abusive. If they were, you know, had struggle with alcohol, you're going to have a struggle with alcohol. That's what I think generational curses. And I think sometimes people, when they struggle with sin and behavior, that they'll say, well, it's generational curses. I I think where they get that from is, I'm going to read it to you from Exodus chapter 20, that you shall not bow, bow down, he says to them, that you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, and this is where they get it, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation, to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. So there are those who come along and interpret that, that you know visiting the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generations. And that's what uh, sparked my mind, because you said, Up to three generations is what you were taught by your grandmother um, or, you know, uh, your mom. And so this is something that has passed through the church generational curses. I believe what is being told to us here in Exodus chapter 20 is not that because your father sinned that you're going to sin and I'm going to get you you know i'm going to visit the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third fourth generation it isn't the godfather mentality he's god the father and what he's saying is is that in these commandments in god's law that his word doesn't change and sin is sin and he's going to convict people of iniquity and sin from generation to generation to generation that's what he's saying that I'm going to keep convicting sin because sometimes the church comes along, doesn't it, Marie, and say, well, it's okay to live this lifestyle. Um, It's okay to live in immorality. No, God's Word doesn't change. Sin is sin. But here's the thing to remember, Marie. When we come to Christ, we're free from those curses. You know, He came to set us free, didn't He? And... And that's the message that we are to give. I understand that the home that we grew up in and and what our parents did, that can affect us. Of course it does. But in Christ, when we come to Christ and we give our lives to Him, and and when we uh, surrender our hearts to Him, He brings us out of the darkness into His marvelous light. He brings us out of the captivity into freedom. He gives hope to the hopeless. You know, and that's the message of the gospel, isn't it? It's the power to save. So I don't, you know, hold on to generational curses that because your father or grandfather sinned that all of a sudden you're cursed and you're going to do the same sins. Yes, it does affect us. What we learn from our parents, our grandparents, I understand that. But when we come to Christ, the message is he came to set us free. Amen? Isn't that yeah. a message that we give to others? So hopefully yeah. that makes sense. And um and there are those who feel like I'm in this bondage because of of generational curses. Listen, Jesus, the Bible says, became a curse for us so that we don't have to, you know, be in bondage to sin and iniquity. So that's what the good news of the gospel is. So I think in Exodus chapter 20, what the Lord is saying, listen, that I am going to visit the iniquity to the third and fourth generation. I'm going to keep convicting every generation of sin. And then we also know that in Ezekiel, that when the people were blaming their fathers, you know, for their problems and everything, they, they refused to repent. They refused to turn to the Lord away from idols. And there in Ezekiel, we see that Ezekiel was told, you tell the people that, you know, no more of this proverb, that, you know, that you're going to... Um, you know, grind your teeth and and blame your fathers. Every person mm-hmm. is responsible for their sin, and so we have that as well. Reference in Ezekiel.
4: Wow. <laughs> okay. Did yeah, I? Answer, did I, mean, I did, yeah. You, did I? Yeah, you did, did I, because it's just something I've know. been really wrestling with because I see how like that of my mom just come, but then I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, you are free, Marie. The Lord has come to set us free, and and if He didn't come to set us free, then you know I, we're going to talk about on um, Sunday here at Calvary in mm-hmm. First Timothy that Timothy fight the good warfare, fight the good fight of the Spirit, yes. and it's a battle out there. It really is. Oh, yes. But we do have a message of freedom, and we have a message of that he came, he has the power, the Word of God. That's why I'm so, so determined and so committed to the Word of God because there's power in the Word of God. There's power in the Gospel. And right. if we can't give a message of freedom and being set you know, free from captivity and bondage and bringing out of the darkness into his marvelous light, then what are we doing here? What message do right. we have? So right. Jesus' death on the cross is greater than any curse that can be put on us. And he came to take the curse away. He became a curse for us that we might become the righteousness of Jesus Christ through him imputed to us and a new person in Christ, born again by the Spirit of God. So I hope that encourages you.
4: Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Can I pray
0: you. for you? Can I pray yes. for you, Marie? Father, yes. I pray for Marie. I pray that she would know that coming to Christ is living a life of freedom, and it's for all of us, that we don't have to be in bondage, the generational curses. You break the curse. And Lord, that yes, we know that our parents, and and that's why we're told to be godly parents, does affect us. But we don't have to be in captivity. We don't have to be in bondage to those things. So Lord, I pray that would be good news because that is the gospel. And Lord, that you would just encourage Marie she would grow in your word and in your love and lord that she would just know you more and walk with you and lord just uh, enjoy her freedom she has in christ and lord by the power of the holy spirit that you would fill her with your love and that live that life after you that is pleasing to you in jesus name amen amen Amen. thank you so much thank you you bet marie thanks for (laughs) calling 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Text line is 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley. So glad to be with you. And we do have um, Patrick that's been waiting patiently from Aurora. Patrick, you're on Calvary Live.
5: Hi, Pastor. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you, Patrick?
5: I'm doing well. Thanks for asking and thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for waiting.
5: Yeah, no problem. Um so the reason I was calling is it's it's been kinda of weighing on me the past few weeks. Um I've I'm in the health industry as well, I think I should mention that. So I'm you know, I'm surrounded by um death, you know, at times and I find myself um becoming I guess callous. Or I, I even I even said um to the, the other guy on the phone that I feel like maybe even my heart is becoming hardened towards the horrible things of the world. It seems like every week there's a new tragedy a tragedy, a new shooting, a new something and I just find myself um less I I just seem to not be caring like I feel like I should, and it's not affecting me like it seems to be affecting everybody else. And it, and it bothers me. I feel guilty for that. And I, I don't know if, if my heart is being hardened or if I'm just callous to society, but I was hoping for some prayers to, yeah, absolutely. to lift me up, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Patrick, is it's kind of a something that uh, it's interesting that you call, because it's something that I think about once in a while. Um, I've been a a law enforcement chaplain for many years. Um, I was, you know, telling the audience at the beginning of the show that um, I was out in New York. One of the reasons I went out to New York uh, is because I was there at Ground Zero ministering um, when the towers fell. And my last image of it was, you know, the rubble and, and just, you know, ministering to New York City police officers, hearing their story such incredible stories uh one officer i re- remember talking to his partner got killed on the other side of the street because when the plane hit the south tower a piece of the plane hit his partner um talking to you know just different people the the trauma the difficulty and 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 then over the years being a pastor uh, um you see you know, the tragedy you see the death being in the healthcare. Uh, we are, are in the middle of it, um, law enforcement, first responders. And I think that, uh, Patrick, just listening to you, sometimes that we do get a little bit numb to it because that's a little bit of protection for us, isn't it? Yeah, um,
5: I, I would say it's just a way of guarding ourselves from the continuous yeah. pain. Yeah.
0: And, and that's a hard thing, and 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 I've been really thinking about that and praying about that because, um, you know, when we came back, there was a, a, a friend of us, somebody that we knew, that died tragically, and it it was so hard to hear that and just the way that it happened, and and when you have trauma on top of trauma, on top of trauma, on top of critical incident, on top of that. We react differently. But what I'm hearing from you and I want to pray from you is I don't think you're hardened to it, numb to it. I, I think that we, we go into maybe a little bit of uh, th- that's how we protect ourselves. And, yeah. and it's real important that we be praying that we are with others because I'll tell you what, Patrick, I'm sure it's the same with you. That there have been days where I got to take the long way home. And I've just got to stop and say, Lord, help me. Because, and there are some things that I've learned in critical incidents that are harder than others. There are some things that it seems like it doesn't affect me as much as other things. And it can throw me for a loop. And it can really, you know, affect me when I didn't think it would. So we go through those things, but take care of yourself. And I think that just wanting prayer and, and, asking for prayer, I think that, um, the Lord, your, your heart's not hard. Um, I think that we just, we have to get through it and we, we have to deal with it. And that's one of the ways that you do is you get a little bit, I don't know, numb to it or whatever, but, um, I'm not sure, but I want to pray for you because we got about 90 seconds left before break. And father, I just pray for Patrick. I appreciate that he's there helping people that, or in the worst times and um, in the medical field and, and we see the things that are going on in around us and then then he's affected by it by um, what he does. Lord so I pray that um, that you would keep him strong and I sense a heart that that cares. but Lord, I do pray that um, that you would just give him the strength and, and the, the, just the compassion that you want him to have. And, Lord, that you would just help him to minister when he can and to also then do his job and to be focused on that. So, Lord, I just pray for Patrick. I I just appreciate him so much and his honesty. And, Lord, for all those who are dealing with those who go through trauma and difficulties, chaplains, first responders, medical personnel, all those, that you would strengthen them and that we would be encouraged by you and comforted by you in every way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Patrick, praying for your brother. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, hey, You bet. Hey, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. And I believe if we got some open lines, uh, please call me, 303-690-3000. We'll be back in about two minutes.
1: Welcome back
0: to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. I'm, I'm so blessed that you're tuned in and uh, we're looking forward to what the Lord has for us in the second half. It's been a great first half, great questions. And uh, I love it. People are studying the Bible. They're, uh, they're needing prayer. This is what this show is all about, to be able to minister to you, the listener. So I pray that you're having a blessed day. Um, as we are going to be heading back to the phone lines again, 303-690-3000 to be on the air. And then a dedicated text line for questions and prayer requests is 720 336 0897. Welcome, everyone, uh, as we end the work week, and so blessed to be able to talk about the things of the Lord. I know that this week has been, first of all, uh, where uh, a lot of college students are moving in. They had move-in day at UNC here in Greeley, University of Northern Colorado, and, and then also at CSU. And, and, and I'm th- thinking about these things because I have two kids that are students at UNC, and they're starting classes Monday. Uh, CU, a lot of the university colleges. uh, We have Ames Community College here in Greeley, which is the largest community college in the state of Colorado. But uh, I just want to encourage you that are going to the college campus uh, anywhere in our listening area, whether it's on the East Coast or whether you're here in Colorado and you're starting classes, you're, you're living on campus, Listen, make sure that you're in fellowship. Make sure that, that you're going to a church. Make sure that you um, are with other believers because you need that, especially with the atmosphere of the college campus. Your faith is going to be challenged. And so please stay in fellowship. It's very easy uh, to to get away from that uh, because there's a lot going on. But I, we want to pray for you. and And here in Greeley, not far from UNC, is Calvary Chapel. And we have three morning services. We have a Wednesday night, and we'd love to meet you, and um, we'd love to to meet your parents if they're here with you. And we have a young adults uh, uh, group that meets college age. It's called Wildfire. They meet on Friday nights. They'll be meeting tonight at 7 o'clock, and every Friday night, they're going through the book of Ephesians, hey, come out and join them and uh, be in fellowship, be in a place where you're being prayed for, you're growing in the Word of God, staying strong in the Word of God. Uh, I I plead with you to do that because uh, there is so much up on the college campus that take you away and, as I've already said, challenge your faith. And so if you're young, you're listening, please, um, will you stay in fellowship, stay in church, um, I know that there's sometimes freedom away from mom and dad, but um, it's imperative that you do that and go to a church that they have, you know, strong Bible teaching and a young adults uh, group that you can be involved in and be blessed by. So, Father, I do pray for all those who are returning to campus that, Lord, that, um, that those who are listening would make that commitment that they would be in church, be in fellowship, continue to grow in you, keep them strong because we know that the philosophies and the culture up on campus is very worldly. And so, Lord, we pray that there would be a place for them to come, to learn, to grow in, to be prayed for, to be blessed and encouraged in you. So, Lord, uh, I pray for a great year for those uh, Christians that are heading up on campus that they would be a light there Uh, and, and uh, their universities, in community colleges or wherever they're going. And, and Lord, we know there's such an attack on our young people. So, Lord, I just lift this all up to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And so I hope that encourages you. Wanted to get that out before we go back to the phone lines. And, again, 303-690-3000. Let's see. I believe um, I want to look at where we're at next. Calvin from Church Here, Maryland, has been waiting. Calvin, are you there? How's it going? Yes. Good, how are you? You're on Calvary Live. Good.
2: How's it going? I had a prayer request about something. Absolutely. Um, So I just wanted a prayer request to help me find a reliable car. Um, I was in a car accident a couple months ago, and I've been going through a storm for what it feels like half a year, and I just need... Uh, prayer and wisdom to overcome that and find me a reliable vehicle because it's been pretty tough lately.
0: So how are you feeling? Were you hurt in the accident? Or
2: um, I was a little sore from the seat belt and everything, mm-hmm. and I had some PTSD because the other day a car almost hit my sister and I head-on, and that really rattled me up too. So I'm just in need of prayer of being safe in vehicles and finding my own vehicle, because yeah. I'll be commuting, going back to school, and okay. and uh, avoiding that storm, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's pray. Father, I pray for my brother Calvin that he was in an accident, and that can cause trauma. Um, and um, I, I thank you that, um, that he was able to come out of that accident. He has some injuries, shaken up. And, Lord, I just pray for that healing, first of all, upon his body, and, and upon his mind, and upon his soul. Lord, just bring the comfort that he needs. Bring strength that he needs. And Lord, now he needs a car. And I just pray that you would provide the perfect car for him, one that is safe, one that um, that he can commute uh, to where he needs to go, school or, or other places. And I pray that you put a hedge of protection around him. So bring him the right car, um, Lord, just help him through this process. Uh, I pray that you would show yourself strong on his behalf and provide in every way, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, let us know how it goes, okay, when you find the right okay. car. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great weekend.
2: Much. Have a great weekend, sir.
0: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs so good to be with you. And, you know, God does care about all of our needs. He cares about um, cars. He cares about, um, you know, uh, every area of our lives. So please call if you need prayer, and, and we want to pray with you and bless you. Uh, let's go to Don in Baltimore. Hi, Don. Hi. You're on Calvary Live.
1: Thank you. Um, I had a question in the book of Judges, chapter 11, um Jephna, he yeah. came out of war and he made a vow to God because he he conquered all of the um the um, Ammon and all the you know all right. the people that he was promised um and he asked if he could conquer and he said the first one that comes to the door in verse 31 he would offer up as a burnt offering and that first person that came to the door was his daughter and then I see over in 39 that he did according to his vow. So does that mean that he offered his daughter up as a burnt offering?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting chapter. Um and as you read it, um he he uh, has victory over the Ammonites. Uh he uh is, you know, the Lord delivered them into his hands, the scripture says. Uh they were they Ammon was subdued. And uh, so he makes that vow, doesn't he? Like you said. And when he comes home, all of a sudden his daughter comes running out of the house. He probably thought, all I can think of, Don, was he's thinking, you know, at those times, chickens and, you know, animals came in and out of the house. You know, he's thinking that's what's going to happen. So why he made that vow in the first place, I'm not really sure, but that's probably what he's thinking. And all of a sudden, his daughter comes out, and he cries out, "'Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low.' And when he saw her, he tore his clothes. And he says, "'I've given my word to the Lord, I cannot go back on it.'" So the question is, did he actually offer his daughter up as a sacrifice, and then um, you go to verse thirty-nine. I'm going to read it for the sake of the listeners. And it was so at the end of two months that she returned. She went away, right? She she said, um, you know, my father, if you've given your word to the Lord, do not, to me according to what has gone out of your mouth, because the Lord has avenged you and your enemies and the people Ammon. And let me do this one thing. Let me alone for two months, that I may go and wander on the mountains, and bewail my virginity, my friends and I. What I think personally happened, because the law said that they were not to sacrifice people, I think what happened is the sacrifice ended up being that she was not given to marriage, and that was a big deal. And I think that clue is given to us that when she says, let me alone for two months, I'm going to go mourn that I may go and wander on the mountains and bewail well, my virginity, my friends and I, that she really pretty much would be put into isolation. I don't think that he personally sacrificed her as a burnt offering because that would go against the law. They were not to do that. That's what the pagans did. That's what the Canaanites did. They sacrificed people, and they were told very specifically not to do that. So I think that she was probably put to where she wasn't given in marriage, and that was a huge deal back then, okay. and um, and I think that's ended up being a sacrifice. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on it. Thank Does you. that make more Thank sense? You. Yeah, because we read that and we think, oh no, did he really do that? And yeah, um, I I don't think he did. I, you know, and I don't think the Lord would hold him to that. I really don't but it goes on one of the things that it reminds us of um don is jesus comes along and he says listen you don't have to give oaths you don't have to give vows you know keep it real simple let your yes be yes and your no be no because sometimes we can do that we can give these unrealistic or you know these grandiose vows lord if you do this then you know i promise i'll i'll go to church every Sunday for the rest of my life. And, you know, we can't keep that vow. So that's why the Lord comes along and says, listen, keep it real simple. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. You don't need to say anything more than that. And I think that's a real good way to live is, you know, Hey, when I'm committed to something, I'll say yes. When I can't do it, I'll say no, but we don't have to Mm -hmm. give all these, you know, far reaching, um, unrealistic vows uh, to the Lord, and He doesn't want us to do that. So we learn from Jeff Death, uh, who did that. Be careful what it is that you vow and promise to the Lord.
5: Yes,
1: thank you help? so much. Yeah. Yes, that helps you. a lot. <laughs> yes. Good
0: question, Don. Thank you. Very good question. God bless you. You have a great God weekend. God bless you. You bet. All right, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You know, and that's really important as Christians. We are to give our word to people and you know when you're asked to to do something you either say yes and say no and there's nothing wrong with saying no when you can't do something but i think what happens is um is we um uh we you know him and we ha and um you know well maybe and all of this or we give You know, on the other side of the spectrum, some unrealistic vow and oath. Lord, if you do this, if you get me out of this jam or you provide this, I'll read my Bible for two hours a day for the rest of my life. And we just need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. And Jesus said nothing more is needed from that. So um, good principle for us to live by. Hey, let's continue with the phone lines. We do got a couple open lines. we got plenty of time for phone calls. Here at the show, is, uh, as we continue in the second half, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley here in Northern Colorado, and we're going to go to Bianca in Aurora. Hi, Bianca. How
4: are you doing?
0: Good, Bianca. How are you?
4: I'm doing really good. I don't know if you remember that. I called and asked for prayer regarding the situation with the restaurant and my birthday party.
0: I do remember. And I (laughs) I told you to call back, right?
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Lord answered the prayer at first. I thought it wasn't going to happen because I've had issues with the restaurant, but everything seems to be working out now, and I will have my birthday party on September 28th at that restaurant, and I just praise the Lord for Him working things out.
0: Yeah, praise God. I'm glad it happened and it came through, and you got so much to look forward to, and um it'll be here before you know it Bianca yeah
4: it will it, the year so goes much. by
0: so it goes by so fast doesn't it and yeah. um, you know we're heading into the last part of the year and fall's coming and I can't believe how you know this is the last uh Sunday coming up of summer and I think wow where did it go it's the end of August and we're going to head into September so I'm glad it worked out for you and let's let's thank the Lord uh for that. Yeah. So father I th- I thank you that Bianca called and uh followed up and and we prayed that it would work out and she would get an answer and she did a favorable answer. And so Lord that um that she would have a great birthday. And I I just um I just know that those who are going to share that day with her are blessed and blessed to know her and be a part of her life. And I thank you for Bianca, her heart for you and And Lord, I pray that you would just uh continue to bless her and fill her heart with your love and with your joy, and that that day would be a special day as they celebrate together, and of course they you know I know Bianca wants to just give thanks to you and and the many blessings that that you give to us and the people that you've brought to her that are going to s- celebrate with her on her birthday. Thank you that this all worked out that uh for this day. And so I just pray that you would just uh, bless it in so many ways, uh, beyond what they would imagine, and, and especially as they just uh, look to you, as they're thankful to you, the fellowship of believers together. We pray this in Jesus' name.
4: Amen. Amen. And just really quickly, mm-hmm. um, I haven't done this in a while, ever since I... Had my pray for Israel Facebook group, but this Wednesday is going to be Pray for Israel Day, so I hope all of you can join me from wherever you're at and just be a blessing to Israel.
0: All right, Bianca, thanks for for letting us know. All God right, bless you. Bye. You have a great weekend, Bianca. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on Calvary Live. So many calls from the East Coast and so grateful for you guys that are listening on Hope and Truth FM. If you did call today, um, and you you are uh, a week behind in the broadcast, but I also know that there's many online listeners from that area as well. So, um, so glad that Calvary Live can be a part of so many people's lives, and uh, not just here in Colorado and Southern Wyoming, but all across the country. Even uh, those in different parts of the world are listening in on, um, you know, on the um, their computers and listening live. And technology is wonderful to where we can do that today. And so, so grateful for that. I want to go to Erie in Colorado. Erie. It's Did I say Ari. that right? Ari, how are you? <laughs> you're, you're on I'm, Calvary I'm Live.
2: okay. Yeah.
0: What can we do for you?
4: I, Ari, um, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Go ahead. I'd like a prayer request for me and my husband in our marriage. Okay. Um, recently, he has told me, He has exposed an addiction that He's kept from me since before we were married. We're almost married a year now. Okay. And I would just like to ask for your prayers, if you can ask the Lord to restore the love, the joy, the laughter, the peace, um, that we can move on from this and rejoice in the Lord. Thank you for healing, ultimately, and that we can fight through yeah. any other struggles that we will face in the future. We're both pretty hard to look in, and it's
0: yeah. been hard for both of us. So. And Ari, one of the things I want to encourage you is that the Lord can do that work. And when two hearts come together, and I think you've started this process, that are humbled before the Lord, you know, and He's confessed His sin to you, and, it, and it's heartbreaking and and difficult to hear and i know that there's trust and forgiveness that needs to be uh, given and um and restored and all of that but i want to say this that the lord is he has a specialty of doing that and he wants to bless your marriage and he wants to make it stronger than ever before because there were things even before you got married that were there that you know have come out and and that's what sin does it just eats away it brings down it, it and now that it you know it's been confessed that you can start building again so look to the lord and 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 he desires to put that love and that forgiveness back into your heart to where your love will grow for each other as you look to him and your love grows for, for the Lord. And I've seen marriages, you know, I've been in the ministry for many, many years, for 27 years. And I've seen the Lord do that work over and over and over again. A work of restoring and a work of, of um, growing love and trust and all those things. You keep looking to him. And there are going to be days where you're going to be disappointed. There may be days where you're angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You give it to the Lord and you guys together that you seek him and you keep finding comfort from his word and from him as he does that work. All right.
4: Thank you so much. I will definitely do that. And I have faith.
0: He (laughs) is faithful. He wants to do that. He wants to bless your marriage. The enemy wants to destroy and the enemy is going to come along and and he's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night. And he's going to try to whisper in your ear, forget about it. You shouldn't forgive. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. You keep moving forward and the Lord specializes and bring in restoration and love back into a marriage. So Father, I pray for Ari. I just pray. I know her heart's broken and lord that um that you would just put uh, in her heart, Lord, um, the things that you desire comfort and peace, her love for her husband, Lord, I pray her husband would be in that place of of just turning away um, from the addiction, turn away from that sin, whatever it is, and Lord, you know what it is that you would bring healing to him that you bring. Um, power to him to be free from it. And Lord, I pray for this marriage that you restore their love, that you would restore their trust, and that they would be stronger because they're one flesh and stronger in you and stronger in their love for each other, that they would look back and, and see your faithfulness as you continue to bring healing and restoration and forgiveness and all those things in their marriage, that they would be able to minister to others and be able to have a testimony of God is good. And so, Lord, do that work. Do that work in, um, in Ari and her husband, in their lives, and, Lord, that she would know that you desire to do that, and so with her husband. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Thank you. Are, I really appreciate gonna, that. I, I really there's always
0: There's always hope in Jesus. There's always hope in Jesus. And Ari, listen, there are those who are listening right now on this radio station that are probably feeling some of the same things that you are. We don't go through the exact same things, but they need to have that message of hope that God is in, his specialty is restoring and blessing and taking that, which has been the enemy has destroyed and broken, and he will build it back up, and he will make it strong again, and he will bring healing. That is a message that we have from the gospel and from our Lord. He cares about your marriage. He loves you. And um, and he's he desires to do that work. You guys stay humble before him and watch him do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. All right?
4: Thank you so much. I'm very you grateful. Bet. We're very grateful.
5: Yeah,
0: thank you. You bet. Thank God you. bless you. Uh-huh, absolutely. For you who are out there hurting, whether you're strained from your, your you know, uh, children or from parents or from a spouse, a good friend, you keep praying. You keep going to the Lord. And, uh, and the Lord cares about that. He cares about those relationships and allow Him to do that work. Oh, so much to cover. Um, Let's go to Dorothy, uh, as we got a few minutes left in Baltimore. Dorothy? Yes. You're on Calvary Live.
1: Good evening. Um, I'm calling because I feel as though I have been outcasted by my siblings. And I need prayer because I often feel as though the Lord is not answering my prayers. I feel as though He don't hear me. I feel as though He don't want me. And I love the Lord. I surrendered at the age of 27. I'm 64 years old now, and I don't know what else to do. I'm not a perfect Christian. But when I surrendered to Christ when I was 27, my heart was totally in it to win it. But it just seems like I just don't hit the mark, and I need prayer. I need
0: prayer. I'm going to pray for you, Dorothy, and I want to read you this scripture. Listen. Listen carefully. That it is Paul that he talks about God's everlasting love. And he says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Show tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, pearl, sword. You see, sometimes when we go through persecution, distress, we go through hard, difficult times, famine, you feel dry, the Lord doesn't care. He says, listen, the Lord still loves you. And yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. He loves you. He will never stop loving you. He proved his love for you that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He went to the cross because he loves you. He loves you, Dorothy. And if he loved you then, he loves you now. And none of those things are going to separate you from the love of Christ. Please never doubt the love of Christ for you. And when you do and you feel that way, it's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And I want you to know that he loves you and he will never stop loving you. His love for you is everlasting. His love for you is unending, immeasurable, And he, you will never be separated from his love. So I pray for my sister as we get ready to end the show. And Lord, she's hurting right now. And that she would sense your presence and that she would know from your word that there's nothing that will separate her from your love for her, an everlasting love. And Lord, that she would know that you desire to work in her life. So bring her peace and comfort that she would grow in that promise that's given to us in Scripture. And Lord, that she would know that you have her under the shadow of her wings and that she can cry out to you. So I, may, I pray that you, she would perceive your presence and your love in every way and that peace, uh, your word is true. And Lord, I also pray for all those who are out there who perhaps are feeling like that you don't love them, that they would know that you love them so much that you sent your son to die for them, to die on the cross for them. And that's why he came. And as he took that cross and walked down the Via della Rosa to that place of execution, it was everyone that is listening here that was on his mind and his love that caused him to go. So pray for my sister that she would know of the love of Christ. Amen. Hey, amen. God bless you, Dorothy. Remember God's word. Hey, sorry, David, we didn't get to you, but I got this prayer request. I'll be praying for you. And, and everybody, go to church this weekend, stay in fellowship, stay close to the Lord. He is so faithful. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.